Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Welcome to Canvas Legalization News. It is Wednesday at noon, my time. Uh, we're going to join Tom. He is at a conference in Jersey, and we got lots to talk about today. Tom, what's hey, up? Hey, how are you, Miggy? I'm at Good, a conference really? in Jersey. We're over here talking about social equity and cannabis and how to get a license in Jersey. Um, mm. surprisingly easier than getting a license in Illinois, but uh, there's a lot of good people that I got to meet. I got to meet some clients, which was really, really fun. Nice. Uh, and then people people will recognize you. And so, like, if you go to these conferences, too, Miggy, you'll be like, hey, it's you. Oh, no, I, I love them, dude. Just like Hempfest and all the things. You know, as the industry grew and grows, I've attended all these things. You know, first it was out of curiosity. It was more out of, like, out of, like, what's this thing that's going to be industry? What's this thing that's going to be legalization, you know? And, you know, and I, I never really saw the the conference aspect of it as being a thing, but yeah, man, it's huge for like networking, business, getting your product out oh, there, yeah. all the other stuff, man. All the ancillaries, and so uh, you know, getting in contact with me at Tom at Collateral Base, and this is the EIP Emerging Industry Professional Show over in Atlantic City. Uh, I am in a casino, which means that I've basically stayed in an airport, kind of. I mean, I can see yeah. remind me of those. Oh, they are. It's also in bustle. It's it's constant going. Hey, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. that, oh, because you're going to another conference after this, right? You're kind of like doing like a mini tour? No, I fly back to Illinois and then it is game on. So like, you know, likes and subscribes. If you are a, uh, somebody who applied for the craft grower license and you were denied your points unjustly, you have to get that lawsuit on file by July 7th. And so I have about uh, four to six clients that I'm going to get that thing knocked out next week. And then we'll get that timely filed. Because it, it, it's just ridiculous. just ridiculous. And then there was another lawsuit that was filed in Illinois uh, last week. And so, like, right now, there could be a hearing going on. And, and so all the craft growers have a temporary restraining order going on right now. So if you're a craft grower, please leave us something in the comments and be like, help. Uh, so I've been calling them back. And now we have to get them all uh, applied for so they can, they can appeal. Because a lot of them had perfects. Like, all of our clients had perfects, which is great. Because, like, Illinois is a really hard application compared to New Jersey. Like, New Jersey's application is about one third the size of Damn. Illinois' application, but people okay. here are bidding seventy five grand for a New Jersey license application. 
But you know, it's crazy how, like, you know, you're doing a state by state, and you know, nationally though, there's a new poll in Entrepreneur that shows 91% of adults who have used cannabis did so for health and wellness purposes. That's that's a lot of adults. <laughs> that's a lot of adults consuming cannabis just for health wellness. Yep, that is it. I mean, like, it, it's all use is medical use. You'll hear Tommy Chong say very often, but uh, the problem is that people just have that that myth of the, the stoner and they just want to get high, but no, it's, it's a wellness product. It does help you balance and supplement your endocannabinoid system. Uh, it can also help with pain. It can help with anxiety. It can help with uh, nausea. Uh, and so cancer patients would use it for helping stimulate appetite, for example, but well, um, okay. you're not allowed to make any of these claims. I've even mentioned before, dude, like in, in with my, my uh, activism, you know, it starts off with like, Hey, I don't want to go to jail. And this is a horrible law that, protects no one to hey that's that's my back medicine that's my that's my my case of the monday's medicine that's my uh, uh you know depending on the terpenes depending on the strain you know that it, it's my medicine overall yep. but you learn that it's not like what something that starts off unless unless of course you're fundamentally ill which a lot of people are when they're young you know like i have asthma but there was other drugs for that whereas some people have like crohn's disease and and just Finding the right cocktails is just so hard to do, whether it be pharmaceutical or a strain pro, you know? Well, yeah, we got some pox stuff, dude. Let's see. Hey, but the, the real important thing that our lead story is that 91% of the people that are using cannabis are doing so because it's wellness and, and yeah. people want to feel better. It's, it's, it's definitely a wellness issue. All you know, and it's true. All use is medical use. Hey, you want to talk about pot stocks? Sure. All right, here we go. What do you know about why Aurora Cannabis crumbled today? Uh, I figure that Aurora Cannabis crumbled today because it is what they call a black hole of money. The only thing that Aurora Cannabis can do is uh, just lose money. Uh, but it can't file for bankruptcy for uh, numerous reasons, and and that's that's probably what's happening. Uh, I'm not really all that familiar with what uh, has broken on this story lately, but this is just more of the same. Aurora Cannabis yeah. has been one of the worst investments that many cannabis investors have ever made. Well, it went down 11.7%, which is huge for your market. But, yeah, again, they're, they're, the any cannabis stock is a boat, right? You're just throwing money into it, hoping it stays afloat. <laughs> yeah, the MSOS. The yeah, the let's see. I can because I follow and I've invested in the cannabis stocks, much to my chagrin. And so let's go over one year. Uh, yeah, cannabis stocks are down seventy percent over the past twelve months. Well, either this is a really good time to invest and scoop them up because they'll be cheap and they'll come back up eventually because that's what investors do, or you're SOL and there goes your money because you're watching it flush down the toilet right now. <laughs> That's probably what it is. It's a lot of them is their SOL, but uh, when the the earnings per share is just starting to get too attractive, and so I think they're going to start rebounding. But yeah. you know, we'll have to wait and see. There's a lot of licenses that are going to get handed out here in New Jersey, and then there's going to be a lot of licenses that are going to be handed out in New York. Uh, there's got, a lot of licenses are getting handed out, but litigation is standing the way of Illinois because yeah. they limited the market. And so when the, the, the market's limited, there's only so many seats. And people fight for their seat, you know. Well, Aurora is a, a Canadian company, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, most of the the big ones are Canadian still. Yeah, and I see the big ones like Aurora or uh, or anything else with Canadian roots, like no kind of investors, like MedMen. 
they should have gone out of business three years after they started, but they didn't because, but they bounced back too. They're also changed their reputation. They're actually making right investments and right moves. Again, what what is Aurora? You know, we they are probably losing money. Probably you know bad purchases. You know, diverted funds, but it, it'll come back. They I shot guess. the moon, and so like they yeah. just went too big, and they. Uh, so like you know, people look at spreadsheets and they fall in love with the projected money as opposed to the actual money. Oh, yeah. And so that the, the spreadsheets didn't match reality, and this happens quite often. And then yeah. when the spreadsheets don't match, match reality, you have Aurora Cannabis. Well, and then we talked about the Amazon model where you you throw money at it until it becomes successful, right? Like like Bezos knew he was going to lose a lot of money through shipping and all the other things, but that's how you. Get the market in, right? How you how you give them a little taste? You know, you yeah. like a little, you like a, you like this? You like this? Uh... Well, it's it's a, it's a growth market, and so like what they also yeah. then would have is a TAM, and a TAM stands for total addressable market. And then uh, Amazon, they looked at this huge TAM of retail and said, if we just start cutting into this, we'll be valued so much. And then it worked. You know, they're one of the most uh, they're the, one of the largest retailers in the planet. But yeah. uh, that. That model and that TAM is probably what Aurora Cannabis was looking at. And then they, they looked at all those models and said, we're going to make this much weed. We're going to sell that much weed. But that they, they didn't understand that it's still very illegal in the United States and they couldn't export that stuff. And then they also were making more than the market can support because I don't think the big, you know, MSO model where it's just like we have all the acres under under management. We could just put tens of thousands of pounds of cannabis on the market at a whim is really what people want. I think people want good tasting, fresh cannabis with a brand that they identify with. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And you know, a lot of these bigger MSOs just don't understand the market, the culture, the, the consumer period. Mm-hmm. You know, they assume it's like alcohol. Like if I just make a lot of uh, beer available, people are just going to scoop it up. Whereas we are discerning customers, right? Like, yes, yeah, some of it, well, I imagine like a good 80% of your purchases are probably are medicinal, right? Like it's just like people using it for their case of whatevers, you know? Uh, but hey, we got some international news too. All right. Let's check it out. Saw this one coming. Germany moves ahead with planning legalized cannabis. AP. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm so glad that Germany and Europe is starting to break, but then they don't really have a lot of inside their country, like producers. It looks like they're setting up for a uh, import model, which is yeah. interesting. But we talked about that already with our, our one German guest, right? Like their present medical market is all import already. So yeah, <laughs> it makes sense that their recreational market, until obviously the farmers in that country realize like, oh, shit, you money at this? Right, right. But, you know, that's really interesting that they've, I don't know, Europe's going to do it how Europe wants to do it. And I'm just glad that Europe's doing it. And uh, maybe then in a few more years, all of Europe will be legal. And then maybe America will be legal because, you know, we're talking about a lot of things. It's the Cross It Out Act of 2022. You know, it's the smallest bill ever. You just Mm. need to get rid of marijuana being in the Controlled Substances Act. You do that, and then you can figure out how to regulate it. But first, you know, make it legal so that IRC 280E doesn't hit, so they can get bank accounts, and then they'll figure out a regulatory um, structure. And so if they also want to continue the social equity aspect that has to do with the disproportionate impact zones and the residency there, they're going to need to make that at the federal level, because if they don't, it's a dormant commerce clause issue. 
Well, now, wouldn't the uh, uh, descheduling overall, though, like, as far as when we're talking about legalization, right, that would make it stop being a crime, right? That would stop putting people behind bars, potentially start releasing prisoners at that point. Um, yep, except at the state level. So it could still be a crime mm. at the state level. Right. right. But federally, though, this is the huge issue, right? This is the, the thorn in our sides. This is the, the lingering doom above us. This is, mm-hmm. you know, prohibition, the potential to go to jail and have your life taken away just because you want to be a law-abiding citizen, but there's no infrastructure for that. You know, right. it, it's uh, it's quite the quandary. But I also, you know, I think with, like, Thailand also legalizing it in issuing plants in Germany now with the process, hopefully this puts the United States under pressure, right? Because now it's going to be a competitive market out there. Hell, South Africa, you know, they've been producing hemp and, and, and cannabis, you know, now. So they're going to be a major exporter, you know. They should be. Canada. Canada has the same type of problems that Illinois or like, you know, America has. It's a subtropical plant, you know. So you're making a subtropical plant. It's Canada. Not exactly subtropical. Well, no, but what I, what I mean as far as like outsourcing and whatnot goes, is like right now all our hemp products, right, well, at least for the majority previously in the past, used to come from Canada. You know, the hemp lotions, the hemp rope, the hemp whatever. Uh, you know, that's just a, a big market in itself. I know you didn't see this. This wasn't one in the show notes, but this is a new one that just came out today. You, are you familiar with ASTM International? Yeah. So ASTM International, a, a, a non-involved party in any business, they just came out with some uh, standards for uh, new hemp seed food products. So they don't list it in this article here um, because, you know, they want you to buy the actual standards from the ASTM. And that's ASTM. Of course they do. That's yeah, the that's, marketing. That's how it always works, you know. And, yep. and, and, and but the thing is, it, it's uh, if you're gonna be in the business, you gotta pay, right? Eventually, you got to, to be law-abiding, not a name, law-abiding, abiding. You know, abiding by the rules, the regulations out there, right? This group of, of engineers and whatnot, they're a non, they're partisan type commission existence body that their whole existence is just to prove the science, right? Like to get that repeatability, so you can have that reliability. And uh, I think this is going to be huge for hemp, you know, but this is what we need. We need more of these third-party non-entities uh, to create more standardizations that the, the law, which will re- eventually reference, I think. Yeah, no, we do. And so the standardization that ASTM and FOCUS focus, they're leading the charge on it. And I, I like that ASTM's there. So I can't remember which t- chapter it was. I think it was 38 or 39. I'll cite them in the applications that we write when it comes to, um, you know, what types of standardizations that you're going to use in creating your uh, facilities. Yeah, no, that's huge. It's all about the SOPs. And if you like more sexy talks, make sure to like, subscribe, because Tom cannot push the buttons that I am. <laughs> right now. Nope. No, I can't. I'm coming to you from an iPad, and so I can't control anything. <laughs> so we well, got more. Oh, go I have this hat. Oh, by the way, uh, you can get some comments in the hat. And I didn't realize there were leaves in the hat. That's pretty dope. Yep. I got this in Wisconsin. A state that doesn't have. Yeah, I know. I, there's no medical. There's no adult use. But they had this hat for $10. And so I bought it. When I was at the uh, Illinois State Bar Association's mid-year meeting in Lake Geneva last week. Isn't that funny, though? Like, I used to think, like, in my activism, one of the goals I've had, you know, being a, a citizen, private citizen, whatever, has been cannabis being mainstream, right? But, you know, when you think about it, like, all our lives, even as a kid, pot leaf hats and stuff like that have been available in all these prohibition states, right? Like, right. somebody's buying them. <laughs> no one would make this shit if it wasn't a thing, like. No, sure, sure. Like, you know, 
uh, Wisconsin police love these hats. It makes it way easier to pull over somebody. It's like, oh, look at him. Oh, yeah. Pull them got over. a crime. <laughs> got a criminal. Committing a crime. That hat's a dead giveaway. And, you know, speaking of killing crime and crime, uh, congressional researchers say marijuana legalization movement is undermining Mexican cartel profits. No, more international news. And this stuff's really good because choking out them from having a, you know, illegal profits because of the cannabis plant is fantastic. The Mexican weed from our childhood and youth was awful. And so, like, I am so glad that I have not seen that brickweed since, like, you showed it to me because you went down to Mexico and they still had brickweed. I made this argument 10 years ago, dude, that the legalization is going to, you know, so the cartels, when I used to live in Tucson, uh, a good portion of their their money comes from cannabis because it's one, a drug that, I want to say, a plant that most people are willing to deal because they know it's like low-level crime or, or, you know, most people turn their head the other way, whatever. It's not cocaine. It's not the fentanyl. It's not the heroin. I mean, there's them selling that shit, too, but... Cannabis has been their big, big money maker. When I was in Tucson uh, before uh, medical times down there, uh, you couldn't buy local good weed because it all got exported out through the state because it was being funneled. That state was just a funnel for uh, like concerts. Uh, I was, I'm being told that a concert would start off with like three trucks, you know, like uh, tractor trailers, and then they leave Tucson with four trucks because one of them has a lot of stuff on it. And you know they make their tour, and that'd be a concert. Tour. But that—that's—that's that's how shit gets in the United States. Like we wouldn't have issues. Like there wouldn't be a cartel if there wasn't an American demand. It, it, it's right. just, uh, yeah. And so we prohibition still own... doesn't work. Yeah, and then that's the other thing. Not only did we legalize alcohol almost ninety years ago, we realized that prohibition didn't work. Uh, then we launched a war on drugs over fifty years ago and said, "That's it. We're going to prohibit this stuff." Wait a minute. Didn't we learn that prohibition doesn't work? Nope. Our ancestors learned that. Yeah, right. I mean, the the fact that we keep making morality a law is is the most insane thing that we keep doing to ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, we'll still be fighting like over in Missouri with the Conjupreneur. Uh, Missouri Medical Cannabis License Forced to Destroy Products and Relinquish Licenses. No. How many different... Uh, cannabis companies have lost their licenses in the state of Missouri. Yeah, dude. Like this one blows my mind. So, did you dig into this one beforehand? No, I've been at a trade show all day. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to look at this, but it's just saying number of allergies of security cameras uh, or went unreported regulators. So, they're citing like supposedly improprietaries, but still, it just seems over the top to take all these licenses away. And again, it's all about this bullshit, like diversion thing, right? We're right. gonna we're gonna save the children in Texas because, like, you know, cannabis is such a horrible plant. <laughs> you know, I just they just weren't following the rules, and so like the license, everything is about if you're a compliance, and so like you have to follow the rules, and if they aren't doing it, they're gonna take the license back. You know? Yeah. Hey, uh, you wanna play a little name that string? You can play some name that string. It sounds fun. Yeah, I think this one's it for today. Wait a minute. Uh, you didn't do the bumper. Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I did it in my head. I went... Dun, 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 dun. All right. Yeah, it's a much worse user experience when I'm on the iPad because when you go to do the bumpers, I can't hear it. Well, and also, I let you... 
like you do all the studio shit. Like I try not to. I'm, I'm just trying to be alive most of the time. But yeah. look at this pretty yeah. little purple nug, though. It's got a little. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Anthocyanins, and so it's got some wonderful purple looks. And then its pistols are all nice and, and red, very well trimmed. I don't see any sugar leaves. It's just all buds, and by buds, of course, the bracts. Uh, and then great resonance coverage. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know what this one is because I can only see like the, the nugget. So I'm not even, I can't help with hints. Why don't you drop some hints? Let's see, let me go through the uh, description here. Uh, this one actually is from a, a different magazine. Like, it's not even from Leafly. The description, which is pretty cool. Uh, cool. Expert growers at Alien Labs brought this to us. Alien Labs, shout out to them. Those guys hopefully will be coming to the state of Illinois here shortly. But you know. Uh, they do some great work, Alien Labs. Uh, a mix of dosi dough uh-huh. and skittles, 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 and so that might be where skittles. some of that color is coming from. Hey, uh, they don't—I don't think they're able to call it that anymore. Turp hogs who bred skittles really should have like called it uh, something else, Schnickelfritz or something. Well, you know, it—it's it, already there, though, man. I think most people just like say runts. Because whenever I hear runs, this is, I think of little nerds candies. So well, that's the thing. Like Willy Wonka doesn't uh, enforce their patents or their their trademarks, and so like I guess I can go buy up all of Willy Wonka's trademarks and then just get, send a cease and desist over to Runts. But uh, you know, or if I was Runts, I just buy up all of Willy Wonka's uh, trademarks and then say, all right, well, this defunct cannabis or candy company is now uh, ours. And you can't do that with Skittles though, because Mars. Mars, Eminem Mars owns Skittles. They aren't going to give it to you. Yeah. Hey, uh, give me a second. I got to be back in this, uh, here in a minute. Can you can you hold the fort for a minute? Just two seconds. I, I have no control over any of these things. No, just can you see the chat though? I can't see any of it. No, it's just oh, I you, can. Uh, I can see a chat with you. And that's it. I'm on an iPad. Let me see if I can leave you with something. I got to go to the answer to the store real quick. Oh, I'll give me a find- story or something. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, go go go. Uh, yeah, go answer yeah, the door. Yeah, but um, you know, hey, so hopefully you guys uh, had a chance to come out and see me. It doesn't really look like it. Uh, sorry about that. You know, it's uh, one of these reasons why we might need to get a, another producer so that somebody can help with uh, yeah, the movie see, magic. Oh, yeah, second. Traveling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, part live, part uh, ballers on a budget because we don't have. Real staff besides us. <laughs> uh, we don't have real staff. And then it's also, this is completely bootstrapped. I pay for all of this stuff out of my yeah. law firm. And then the law firm, I'm not in Michigan. I'm in Illinois where there's been no industry. I mean, this 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 podcast would be totally different if I was set up in Ohio, not Ohio, Oklahoma or, or Michigan or even in New Jersey where they have a lot of licenses in an actual industry as opposed to a limited license state, which is a failure. You should just let businesses fail. You should not create licenses that are worth $3 million. But while I'm wishing, I'd like a pony. <laughs> well, in New York, too, you know, I would, the market is so cool to see in growing states, right? Like like I was saying about events, like me going to, the, you know, the events started. And it's so funny to see events that happen in prohibition states. And then that state becomes slowly medical and then recreational. You know, it's just kind of an eventual evolution to like how people realize this plant's not going to kill everybody you know but yeah it, it, it's so neat though to see the um you know like how i talked about the, the regulated market how i this is not the, the the drug deal that it used to be as a kid right like i see the opportunities i could have had if i wanted to be in business which costs a lot of money just like opening a restaurant or a bar or uh 
even a regular store. If I want to open a candy store, you know, just the compliance for that is a thing in itself. So I just, these are all things I never thought about. And then even as I got older, working in the manufacturing world, I just never thought about weed being that, you know, cannabis being that kind of regulated, like business as far as like with infrastructure and, and the housing codes and or building codes. And uh, uh, even like when extracts are made, right. There has to be uh, SOPs and, and danger precautions for like BHO and whatnot. You know, all this stuff is getting made legally now, but now it has actual SOPs and processes. So people don't blow up their apartment based off a YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the reasons why you should not be using hydrocarbon to do extraction. But you know, while I'm telling people what to do, they they listen or they don't. And if they don't listen, then they come back with a bigger problem. And I'm like, oh, I remember you. I told you not to do that. So uh, did you do it? No. Now where's all the money? He has it. Where's the contracts? I didn't sign them. Should use collateral base. And, and then what did they call that? Uh, separating a man or a fool from their money? You know, but yes, uh, you can. You can. You can separate a fool from the money. And there seems to be a lot of fools out there. But, hey, speaking of non-fools, thanks, James Christ, for being a new member. Appreciate you. Hey, he was a member. He must have uh, lapsed his membership and came back. Thank you, James. Hey, we and take it. If anybody's got any questions, you know, we'll answer member questions on here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going through some of the comments. Uh, Key fans in hibernation mode. Warning the outdoors like a plague. I'm out of herb. Oh, no. He's not walking in a dispensary in the heat. That's right. There's a heat wave gripping most of uh, the United States. It's beautiful over here in Atlantic City, which is something that people, you know, you don't expect them to say. That is funny. Dude. Well, no, I, I, lived, I lived in Jersey for a while, dude. I, I enjoy the coast out there. What, what casino are you in? Paris. It's part of the Caesars uh, group. So, it's, okay. you know, Caesars. Um, I, don't even, I don't gamble. And so, like, I've, I've walked by a lot of gambling. But well. I, I haven't even bet on the sports book. Double down on 10s 11. That's the only advice he gives you for blackjack. Oh, okay. At least you also told me what game that was. <laughs> I'm going to go down to Pi Gao and tell him. It's a funny game. Yeah, I'm going to go play some Pi Gao. I bet I cannot find a Pi Gao table here. You ever play Pi Gao? No. Oh. <laughs> it's a, I think it's a Vietnamese uh, gambling game as well. Let's see what else. Oh, you know what? We want to do a little uh, uh, what is your business. Um What's the uh, thing you're going for? Well, if it's going to be how to cannabis, uh, there you go. we can do that, but I'm not sure what we have. I haven't even gotten a chance to read the show notes. I've been at a trade show, and so I've been not even responding to emails. People just come up and talk to me. Fortunately, the trade show is now over, so I have like time. Well, this one is retaining to uh, – well, and I don't know why this link is here. So the topic I believe we're going to talk about was – you know what? Let's – Anybody else guess the strain yet? I didn't see anybody guess the strain. Let's see. Put it back. Well, up let's there. tell them what the strain is. All right. This sexy girl. The show notes up on my uh, cell phone. All right. This one is Moonbow. Moonbow. Yes, many of the cells in the industry. Uh, when Oregon's Archive Seed Bank crossed the two and handled resulting strain to the expert growers at Alien Labs, Moonbow was grown. That's the dosy dose and Skittles. A combination of candy and cookie flavor profiles make for an insane taste and smell. But don't get it twisted. Mumbo is as strong as it is tasty. And you'll have the tasty rainbow after a couple of hits. Hey, you know what's funny, dude? Check out where the, the article is at. Let me see. Hold on a second. So, you know, usually we get our descriptions from uh, uh, Leafly or something. But this one I find interesting. And, again, back to the mainstream. Like, marijuana is pretty much mainstream almost. Cannabis, whatever you want to use. 
this was in complex magazine like the fact that most like now a lot of your uh regular um uh magazine the media are coming up with articles related to cannabis i think it's amazing you know mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of time if we just get all the old codgers out of the way yeah codgers they get in the way a lot but yeah that's moonbo so you already said what it is you want to read more of it or no no i d- described it and i read it uh what else we got oh we got I a little said weed. we do weed history because I can, I can access that. I can't access the how to cannabis like stuff. I know what yeah. it's about, but then like either one of them doesn't open. So like one yeah. of them is is linking to mail, and I can't, I can't access that. Man, no problem. Let me uh download this PDF then. Oh, this is gonna be the actual report. Let me uh, open it. This this will be interesting, you know, because I mean, how many studies are done? How many how many how many more studies do we need? <laughs> That'd be the question. Yeah, mm-hmm. get you going. Make this oh perfect. All right, here we go. Brand. Get a little hoity toity. The LaGuardia Committee Report, New York, USA, 1944. Yep. This is it. This is one of those studies that they did 80 years ago. And uh, it showed that all of the laws that were passed a few years previous to that were garbage. Uh, but it did blame racism. So Fiorello LaGuardia, who the, the airport's named after, commissioned a study uh, after the 1937 prohibition and then they looked at it there he goes this is this is what he said you know as mayor of new york it's my duty and his own interest it goes back many years as a member of the house of representatives and heard of the use of marijuana by soldiers in panama he's impressed with the report of the army board of inquiry which emphasized the relative harmlessness of the drug and the fact it played very little role if any in the delinquency and crime in the canal zone so this is personal first-hand reports of soldiers using the stuff with the Panama Canal. Remember, this is Fiorello LaGuardia in the 1940s. And the Panama Canal, what was that made? You know, that was made, who knows? Yeah. Well, and, you know, it goes on, you know, this study. But the end conclusion is, there's no need reason why it should be illegal. Let's see. Right. It's just crazy. Like, and then who do you know what president who where was this report seen at? Oh, this this goes back to the 40s. And so, like, he published this in New York in the 1940s. And they didn't care. I mean, granted, it was 1944, and so everybody's still at war. But then in 1945, 46, you know, they came back and then racism, segregation, and bullshit. And then eventually it's 1969 when they uh, invalidated it. But I don't even think LaGuardia was able to get uh, it legalized in the state of New York or even in the city. I, you know what? I recommend reading these things, though, because the blatant ignorance and sometimes silliness, you can't believe. Like here, the price varies in accordance with the sex opinion, the potency of the marijuana used in the cigarettes. And this appears to be determined by the place of origin. The cheapest known is is known as sassfrass. (laughs) Like that's your cheap, 
Like that's what they call shitty weed, brick weed back then. It retails yep. for approximately three for fifty cents. You get three joints for fifty cents. Holy shit! The markup, inflation. I'm telling you, this is the ten dollar gram right there. This is fucking well, yeah. Gungeon. Is that how you would pronounce the highest grade of marijuana? It retails for about a buck a cigarette. Oh my god. Oh, we get that that middle grade shit. Uh, Gungeon. Gungian comes from Africa. Uh, it's considered to be more. Yeah, so they got the Panatella cigarette, occasionally referred to as the Messerola, is considered to be more. Again, words I've never heard of. Besides sassafras. sassafras. And re- <laughs> holy crap. This is just, yeah, Gungian. I mean, wow, this report, it just bleeds ignorance. It just bleeds like freshman level high school. Yeah, but it was the most objective thing that was written on the subject uh, officially, in some respects, by a, a legislative executive. He's not a legislative executive then, is he? But by an executive of a city uh, in the 20th century. I mean, there was the LaGuardia report and then nothing, you know? Yeah, but I mean, but I mean like, it's just, I, I don't mean to make fun of the report per se, but it's more of like America's uh, emotional intelligence at the time because they have to really play it like, here they talk about there are two channels for distribution of marijuana cigarettes, the independent peddler and the tea pad from general observations conservatives with pad owners. And it's not it's not it's not a heroin den. You know, this is so silliness that's kind of going on in here. A tea pad this is what we call a place where people go buy weed. There's a room or an in apartment. Harlem, yeah. That's amazing. Oh, well, look, you see in the tea pad. Uh, they're trade restricted to sell marijuana. Some places did sell marijuana and whiskey, and a few places also served the house as prostitution. Only one teapad was found to serve as a house of prostitution. You could buy a marijuana, whiskey, and opium. Again, they're generalizing. So one time there was like, like a time where you just go and only cannabis consumers, right? Like people only just like to smoke weed. This is insane, this report, just how they, yep. they break it down to like who's a smoker. Who's, and in the end, you're all grown adults. That's what it comes down to, right? Like in the forties, hats like this and shit. Yeah. Of course, they wouldn't have had the weed on them, but uh, <laughs> still, uh, they would have been wearing fedoras and and saying all sorts of very strange slang from the forties. Uh, either way, they've known for decades the lack of relative harm that this thing has. That uh, other other substances just doesn't. But then they don't they don't care. It's a political thing, you know, and so even right now, the politics doesn't care, and they're using cannabis to whatever ends they can benefit themselves to use it for. Yeah, but then there's also the slant, because it goes on kind of sort of where it talks about most of the smokers of marijuana coming with the scope of our survey were unemployed, and all of the others, most had a part-time employment. Occasional, as well as confirmed, users were well aware of the laws pertaining to the illegal use of the drug. No shit, because you go to jail for it. They did not indulge in its use with the spirit of braggadocio, or as a challenge to the law, as he, as has been reported by some investigators in district. So, in other words, they're saying people smoke weed not because it's a fu to the man, but more of a hey, it's fixing my case on Mondays. I mean, this is craziness. How the same purpose and use of this plant has been twisted and turned. And still present day ignorance out there believing this shit. Yep. 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 There's tons of present day ignorance out there. Manipulation, control, money. It's greed. 
And then uh, a lot of people that just think that good people don't use this stuff because they are ignorant. They don't know what they're talking about. Well, it doesn't help when you got Fox News like uh, Laura Ingram talking about the shootings and, and, and like potheads and be like, well, and then there was another article in the Washington Post here. We pull this out. They try to link aggression with cannabis use. But, you know, Washington State's now been legal since for 10 years now. Mm-hmm. So, like, let me count the mass shootings that have been happening out here since then. All right, I'm done. Huh. You know, but I'm just saying, like, other states, too, because of the domino effect. How many legal recreational states are there now? 15? Uh, no, I believe it's uh, 19. Closing 19? in on 20. So where are these like mass shootings and other craziness that's supposed to be linked to the psychosis part of it? You it's, know, it's, it's a lie. It's just yeah. that they're lying. They, they, there's a lot of political crap in our country. And some of the political crap is regarding guns. People have a bias and a belief that no gun control is the right amount of gun control. And I'm like, you know where we should put the machine guns and these AR-15s? They should be like we should te- we tier uh, licenses and cannabis for canopy structure and stuff. Why don't we tier uh, licenses for for firearms? And you have your basic American standard self defense license, you know, and then even below that, I'd say your hunting license because you don't intend to shoot humans. And yeah. then your your self defense license, in theory, you're defending yourself. You may have to shoot humans. Next level up, and then you have your concealed carry permit. Next level up, and then if you can get all three of those. Then you can get your machine gun license. And so the people that <laughs> respect guns so much to get a concealed carry license, you really don't have to worry about them. But uh, if, so then, therefore, if you made the, the access to the AR-15s more difficult than the access to the concealed carry, I'm fine with that. I think that would really go a long way to uh, stopping the irresponsible uses of, of firearms in our country. Well, again, I, I wish they put as many hurdles in front of guns as they put weed. You know, that'd be nice. Seriously. I mean, if you're really going to protect the people out there, I mean, that's what it comes down to. You know, the, in the Constitution, when people talk about the Second Amendment, they forget the part where it says well-regulated. It says, they do. <laughs> they just skip right over the well-regulated, and they go to everybody gets a gun. It is your fundamental right. And, and by well-regulated, it means like, hey, I'm just going to let you know that I have one, so don't come to my house or I'll shoot you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like, you, yeah. you're going to be on a registry. You're going to be on a, you know, pass the test. I don't mind people passing psychological evils you know yeah especially when they're going to get a firearm yeah and and, 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 you know and if really the people who cared about firearm rights were really adamant about that they would step in with the like the medical patients issues right like like patients should have guns like i'm pro-gun i just you know don't mind shit about legalizing weed or that that form that when you try to fill it out and you have to check a box, they won't let you get a gun. And so I, I think that violates your Fifth Amendment, your Fourth Amendment rights, because you're not supposed to be able to self-incriminate. And is it an unreasonable search and seizure? Yeah, yeah, it's unreasonable in the sense that they're taking away your ability to be able to defend yourself with a firearm. But, you know, and then the reason why that bullshit's going to exist off, on and on is because people aren't standing up and just saying for common sense, just kind of like legalization of, of cannabis, right? Like, we're way over-regulating, like, just, you know, all you got to do, lab regulation. Have lab regulation, allow small growers to get their, their shit tested, to become involved in the market. That's how you can get rid of the black market, right? No, yeah. the way you get rid of the black market or the illicit market, the untaxed and licensed market, yeah. is you make it not profitable. And so you also make it, like, 
there's you don't have an excuse to operate in it other than you just don't want to pay the taxes. And so, like, you know, in Michigan, great example, they have a hundred plant license. Anybody can get it. And so, like, you don't really have an excuse to not be licensed and, and be uh, in the, the regular market. And then you go to the, the pot shop in Washington State and you're paying 35 bucks for a quality eighth of cannabis. Uh, the guy isn't going to be able to compete with the price and quality point of that. And so that also helps there be no illicit market. I mean, really, that's what you're looking for, right? For the guy not to go to compete, right? Because I don't have a beer guy. I don't have a guy that's going to uh, brew me a six-pack that I, uh, I'm going to enjoy every week or whatever, you know? Uh, so, like, yeah. Right. I mean, that's okay. You have, like, some people that are, like, you know, brewery, like, they're, they're beer snobs. And so, like, they want to brew their own beer. And their beer sucks. But then uh, I'm assuming that's kind of like a homegrow is, like, you know? Everybody thinks that they're the weed that they grew in the house, the best weed. No, no, it's it's just the weed that you grew, so you think it's the best. You're just a little biased because you made it, you know. Well, that's that's a running joke with growers, though, man. You ask a grower who's the best grower, they're going to tell you that. I am the best grower. Yeah, I got the best weed. But My genetics are like on fire. And that's another reason why I've always like kind of like not had like excitement around like the cups, like the high times cups and whatnot. It's like mm-hmm. a lot of it's pay to play, you know, like, you know, is, is there really somebody out there organically like checking and, 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 and smoking weed besides people like you and me? No, not really. You know, no one's going to really have an, and it's hard to have an informed opinion around cannabis because unless you're around it so much and, you know, like I know people who can identify, a, a look at the bud and go, Oh, that's a sun grow versus indoor grow. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still working my way there, buddy. You've not been smoking yeah. for like four years. Or like smell it and stuff and you know, be like, hey, yeah, this is that. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a painful, painful thing. I'm looking for, I'm trying to see if I can find that Washington Post article bullshit about how they try to link violence. But uh, there's so much news yeah. always going on that it's like buried. Yep. Well, that's all right. Hey, were you able to get that one thing uh, pulled up about the, uh, the lawsuit, the How to Cannabis segment? You might have to go to the Slack channel and pull it up. I'm not sure if you have the Slack channel open on your computer. Yeah, let me try. I tried, and it wouldn't let me do it from the Google Doc. Let me see. If yeah, can... the Google Doc, it won't let you do it. So we just uploaded the PDF, and then you'd be able to open the PDF and then share that screen. And then we can oh, talk about uh, the craziness that is a limited market and lawsuits that can be filed when you set your cannabis industry up incorrectly. Looking at you, state of Illinois. And New Jersey as well. I was kind of chapping New Jersey's ass on my presentation today. But New Jersey has done a substantially better job. Substantially better job than Illinois has. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, New York's market when it finally happens. But, you know, just a matter of when or well. Oh, it was but, great. We saw some wonderful New Yorkers at the uh, event today. Some of my clients came down and like they saw me, which was nice. It's always great to meet clients, you know. see. I'm trying to open a tab. Okay, there it goes. Now let's be downloaded. Yeah, we'll let you download it, then we'll open a tab, and we'll do a quick how to can a biz segment. Hey, uh, and while we're waiting for that, did you hear about the uh, the basketball star? No, I haven't heard about the basketball star. Well, Wait, uh, the, is the that Brittany, to do the NBA finals? Yeah, no, yeah, no. The uh, uh, the woman that uh, Brittany Grimes. Uh, oh, the incarcerated basketball star. I did yeah. hear that. That's more bad news. She gets another, what, six weeks of uh, prison time or, or they're just still dicking her around and they're not going to release her and then they're they're unjustly holding her in Russia. Yeah, Moscow court upholds order. Brittany Griner held in jail for another 18 days. 
I think that's insane. Um, but okay, let's see if I find this file now. I just, it's just so crazy how international <laughs> bullshit. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, it is. It's annoying. Desktop. And then Jay. the other thing that was bullshit was that uh, our show from last week was flagged this morning. And so I don't think we have enough viewers on the show right now today because last week's show was flagged. The unbelievable cannabis legalization news. And then this one was, why do people use cannabis? And so, you know, it's why? Wellness and med medical reasons, 91%. And then that's why people are using it because it makes them feel better. Duh. And then it's like, it makes them feel better like heroin makes them feel better as it addicts them and eventually kills them. It makes right? them feel better. And then they live into their 90s, which is just so messed up that that is a Schedule One substance. But then, you know, opioids killed 100,000 Americans last year. Well, and I, and I told you while we were talking, I was like, do you feel that? It's us getting flagged right now. It was, oh, uh, yeah. you know, I, was, I just so tired of shit. Like, every, it's kind of hard to judge now. Like, what, what, what can I do that will not deem me a bad guy or whatever? Uh, yeah. No, it's impossible to, cheer, to even try to grow the channel because if yeah. you try to grow the channel and those things just keep muting you. Well, we talked about how the algorithm stimmies us, you know, overall, like, uh, oh, here we go. File 1901. Okay, I got it. So this is a lawsuit you got going on? Oh, I don't have this one going on, but somebody else does. This okay. one was just uh, filed, and so uh, if you can figure out how to share it, and then do the yeah. do the classic bumper as well, I mean, a little quick one, and then we can gotcha. uh, if you and if you can get it shared and ready to be shared, and then uh, do the classic bumper, and then hit me, and hit then I'll finger. I'll uh, introduce this. All right, let me see. Banner brand mm -hmm. bumper. Ching. There we go. Yep. What up, everybody? It's me, Cam Sinistry, Larry, Tom Howard, and we're going to talk about this. And there we go. And then, uh, Miggy, can you resize it so I'm a little bit larger than this? So, you know, this is the, the dinky me. No, no, the, the other one, the other button, the other other button. That's the button. Anyway, thanks, guys, for joining us in this uh, episode of How to Can a Biz. We're going to be discussing a lawsuit that was recently filed in uh, the city that I live in, uh, in federal court. And so this How to Can a Biz section is the Dormant Commerce Clause. And so the Dormant Commerce Clause is going to totally screw up many of your states, how they have done their cannabis licensing structure. Uh, so they usually self-deal. Uh, and then not only they self-deal, they make it a discrimination against other states. And so only people from Illinois that are social equity and also veterans for the, the grows are eligible to win a license. And as a result, that is an unjust and unconstitutional, pursuant to the Dormant Commerce Clause, discrimination against interstate commerce, even if that interstate commerce is, at the federal level, illegal. And so interstate commerce cannot be preferenced or manipulated by one state to make it more difficult for another state to do business. Uh, and that's what the cannabis licenses do. They give you additional points for uh, you know, in-state residency. Here we are in New Jersey. 
In New Jersey, they have one particular whole class of licenses that are called the micro licenses that can only go to people that are 100% New Jersey owned. In theory, those would violate the Dormant Commerce Clause. Or uh, what about the social equity requirement for five out of the past in New Jersey, it's two years of residing in an economically disadvantaged or disproportionately impacted area? That would also violate the Dormant Commerce Clause because it can only go and it only benefits in-state residents and it prejudices out-of-state residents. So there's been numerous cases, and this is one of them. It's uh, maybe a, can you? It's it's so blown up you can't even read the thing. So like uh, you know, control minus that a little bit, and let's talk about what this uh, what this lawsuit's actually about. So it's it's asking for injunctive relief, injunction relief, stop enforcing the law. That's what they're asking for. And this is your dormant commerce clause complaint. This lawsuit can be filed in New Jersey right now, can be filed in New York right now. And um, that is how I would phrase it. This one is so interesting in the sense that they have made it uh, targeted at the in-state requirement. The in-state requirement not only has uh, the only way you can be social equity in the state of Illinois is to be an Illinois resident. And so it's also going to invalidate the social equity requirements at least when it comes to the uh, dispensaries. And so this all results from you having a limited market state in which the paper license in and of itself is worth more than a million dollars because nobody else gets the right to do it and they aren't going to give any more of these licenses away. That's some of the problems that you see when you have a limited license state. Here I am in New Jersey, unlimited license state, probably way less litigation. In New Jersey, you're going to have shareholder dispute litigations and also some community litigation because they have a loophole in their priority scheme that they made uh, because they it's unintended, but they just gave the communities way more power than they thought. But this is, that's what this is. You know, it's the dormant commerce clause. You got to watch out. Question: Dormant commerce clause. So you're saying because these states create rules, there for it is, right there. See, non-residents are discriminated against in favor of state residents. That's right. essentially the dormant commerce clause, right there. So how can we have a lawsuit with a dormant? clause like this when actually the law itself is right it's it, the states themselves are not allowed to have uh interstate trade so how can you have a federal lawsuit against a your your inability already just to be uh, uh interstate like you're not a you know the it's the same reason why it's a controlled substance and a schedule one controlled substance the regulation that they have is no no, uh, you know, law. There's nothing that's required. People behind me now, great. Right? <laughs> and so that's that's all right. There's only about 45 people watching. Yeah, 73. Yeah. We got 73. 73. Okay, we have 73 people watching. <laughs> yeah, but um, the way that they made it illegal, they said we're going to regulate its commerce by prohibiting it. And so they could still have its commerce regulated. So it doesn't matter that it's illegal at the federal level. There's still interstate commerce in it. And as a result, one state's not allowed to discriminate against another state in their award of their licenses. And this is one of the in Oklahoma, we could file this lawsuit, but anybody can get it. And so the Oklahoma loophole is you just enter into a two year lease. And then once your residency requirement vests after that two years, you buy the license from them. Uh, and uh, so in many states, you're going to see these types of uh, residency requirements killed or Congress has to endorse the discrimination at the state level. And so mm. like all these economically impacted areas, if you if they want you know points for social equity to be related to that, they're going to have to, at the federal level, say that that 
unfair discrimination is okay. But I don't like that because why are why are we here? Where's the social equity? The social equity comes from the arrest, the incarceration, the conviction. Like Chris, uh, you know, we had him on the show yeah. in Arizona. That's social equity. He was arrested. You, you, that's social equity. You were arrested. Um, and I'm not sure if you're actually convicted. The way they defined it in New Jersey, half of their social equity is, is violating the Dormant Commerce Clause because they have the residency half, but then they have the cannabis conviction half. Hmm. Cannabis conviction anywhere in the United States. Like I said, you are social equity in New Jersey. And if that, if the purpose of social equity is to very often also, uh, because how many more black and brown people are arrested for cannabis? Right. It's, it's order to manage. So then when you look at who was awarded licenses in the state of Illinois, who was it? It was people who resided in these depressed areas. What the heck does that have to do with an arrest? How is that right. social equity? You know, you just happen to live there. And so that's uh, that's why I don't like that form of it, because then 90 percent of the licenses, 100 percent were social equity, but 90 percent of them were for residency social equity. Yeah. So it wasn't they're still underrepresenting the people that were convicted. So if they're trying to say, look, all these black and brown people are arrested disproportionately and we need to make sure that they can have a seat at the table. And then their seat at the table is 10 percent out of 100 percent of the licenses. They still don't have their representation, do they? So do you think the uh, like we were saying with the Oklahoma two year clause, um, which is kind of actually screwing a lot of people now because of the when they're closing the market coming up. I got a friend out there who's just about to hit his two year mark and they're he'll be hitting the two year mark after they close the, the, the licenses. So but that was enough for for them not to get sued or avoid lawsuits, that two year clause. Is that what no. you're saying? No, somebody could file a lawsuit. It's just that it was easier to do the workaround. Mm. And so if it's easier to do the workaround because it's an unlimited number of licenses, you don't see the lawsuits get filed. But yeah. if it's a limited number of licenses and the license in and of itself is worth millions of dollars, and the only way to get that license is to be an Illinois resident, and the only way to get the social equity points is to be an Illinois resident, they are fucked. And so uh, what are they going to do? I don't know. I'm going to have to update my clients that have dispensaries because this is for the dispensary. But I'm going to have to call this uh, attorney in Peoria and be like, hey, uh, I'd like to implead, which, of course, welcome to Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain laws and you can change them. And and I am a lawyer. And so impleading means like our plaintiffs would get injected into the lawsuit with an additional count. And then we would expand it because the way they define this, they defined it the same way, whether it was a craft grow or whether it was a dispensary. And so you can wage the same style of lawsuit because all my clients are perfect. Some yeah. of them were just denied, wrongly denied. They, they misjudged the, uh, the, the, the the application. So now we filed the appeal so that they get a perfect score. And then it was the only one that didn't get it was somebody should have gotten social equity. They didn't get their social equity points. And I'm like, that's crap. And then um, everything else, the subject matter, the subject matter of the actual application. Perfect. But then when it comes to like, you know, your Illinois residency requirements and your social equity requirements, if those are kicked Everybody's got a perfect. They're all they all deserve a license, right? Wow. Well, all, all the perfect applications deserve a license. Yeah. Well, you again, you guys' process was there's no transparency behind it at all, right? It, well, they finally it, gave scores last week. Yeah, but they're getting scores, but not how they came about that score, right? Right. Like, like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, there's they're so layered in bullshit when it comes to like their transparency of like, well, we have a we have an algorithm that'll figure that out. No, you don't need an algorithm. What you need is how many people 
are applying, you know, how many people, again, their applications fill all the needs, right? Because you're going to have many, many tied applications. At that point, you got to go, okay, one for each person. You know, that just the way you or, care about things. Yeah, that's the thing. That's one of the reasons why if you limit the market like this, you're going to have these lawsuits. Now, if all those 450 people that were able to get their application perfect were then given a license, nobody's paying millions of dollars for that license. Right. But then they'll say, like, nobody's going to be social equity then. That's not true. You could do exactly what they did in New Jersey, and you can make social equity based on the arrest anywhere in the United States. Now we're not discriminating against out-of-state actors. We're discriminating against people that aren't social equity. Right. But then, again, you're going to have, like, tied social equity applications. If they just took all these tied applications, put them in the bingo ball machine, you know what I mean? It's about the randomness of how you're going to be equal. It's not like I'm going to select... You know, everybody should have the same amount of bingo balls in the machine. And that's the only way yeah. you can be equal in this whole competition. You know, besides the uh, the limited state licenses, uh, you know, it, it enables a lot of bad behavior. In, in Oregon, Oregon uh, uh, Oklahoma, <laughs> my friend out there who just is just missing the mark on a license, he's telling me, though, there's, there's scams going on out there where a, a real estate agent, uh, some guy who like made a name for himself in one of those home networking things, whatever. But he's selling opportunities. He's telling people, "Look, give me sixteen thousand dollars, and I'm going to show you how you can run a cannabis business in Oklahoma, and you can do it from home, and you don't have to be in Oklahoma State." Right? This guy is clearly scamming people because he's telling them they have to find somebody that's going to be a proxy for them in Oklahoma. How many fucking Oklahomans are going to be a proxy for somebody else who, you know, they're going to be in business for themselves already? It's just. You know, it's not like, oh, finally the opportunity has come and you fucking brought me the money. No, these people are already been figuring out how to yeah, do they're it. They're scamming it. They're scamming yeah. it. But then, like, uh, it's it's just bad that uh, the point of social equity was to have these these problems that happen to uh, the people that were arrested. And they know that the people that are arrested and convicted, they know what their demographics are. There's data on it. And so if each one of those was given their uh, ability to have their seat at the table, then the number of licenses, in theory, should match the same data set. And so, but they didn't do it that way. They, they didn't, they didn't. And so they set it up in a way that rewards people that reside inside their particular states. Uh, and so I think that they're going to have a real hard time uh, fighting these lawsuits. But... We'll see what happens, man. Hey, let's wrap this up because I am the last person at this convention. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, thanks for joining us. We appreciate all you guys coming out, hanging with us. Uh, appreciate all the members. Uh, where's the? Oh, there he is. No, that's not the back. One. It's the thirty-five second one. Thirty-five seconds. Oh, here we go. All right, all right, kids. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you again see you Sunday. Yep. Thanks. Bye. Yeah.